Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out the radio version of the show every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on WDJY 99.1 in Atlanta. We also air on a podcasting network in Los Angeles called the 405 Media. There's a TV version of the show that airs on KMVT 15 in Silicon Valley at 8 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday nights. Both versions of the show air in other states. For these show times plus past episodes, please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com. Join me at the 10th Annual Media Excellence Awards on January 18th in Beverly Hills, California. The attendees and I will be celebrating innovation and leadership in technology and entertainment. There are 20 award categories with 1,000 nominees. These awards honor those who are creating groundbreaking technology to better our lives and celebrate the hard work, determination, and brilliance in the leadership within the companies which create the new world we live in today. I will be recording nominees and winners at the awards. For tickets and more information, go to MediaXAwards.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Joe Pirates. He's the public information officer for Pinell County and the main announcer for the Arizona hockey team. Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for inviting me. I do appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I think even maybe a little bit selfishly because you've been in kind of the space that, that I've been kind of playing in in the last couple of years um, and kind of selfishly would like your thoughts on some things. But Kind of before we get into all that, maybe let's start off and get to know you a little bit better and cover where you grew up. Okay, um, basically born uh, that, you can say the John Mellencamp song, I was born in a small town, well I was, sure. <laughs> a little town called San Manuel, Arizona, Okay. and it was about 3,000, 4,000 people, uh, mining community, you either worked in the mine or you were a teacher, basically um, kind of a Norman Rockwell-esque type of growing up okay uh very small community every again everybody knew everybody there um everybody was on the same kind of like socioeconomic strata because everybody worked for the copper company up there uh went to high school had a great time in high school that's where i kind of started becoming an announcer what i would do is uh our speech teacher came up to us one time and said hey i need somebody to do the morning announcements and basically we would read stuff like what was going on at the school that day even though it's kind of a small school, I, my graduating class was 69 people. Oh, wow. So I'll give you a kind of, an, kind of a primer on what kind of size we're looking at. But I started doing the morning announcements, and I did them for about three years, and really kind of started coming out of my shell at that point, and started doing, uh, when I wasn't participating in sports, I would do the basketball game announcing. I would announce the, the, the people who made the shots and everything else like that. So... Graduated from high school, went to Central Arizona College, and joined the speech and debate team there. Also, I was on the cross-country team as well. But there, I really learned a lot about debate, and I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed the arguing back and forth. It It really focused my mind on exactly how to get a point across and how to really do speech the right way, not just ramble and say, um, and duh. A lot of people tend to do that. Yeah, it, it really drives me crazy. Interesting. But then um, graduated from there and went to um, the University of Arizona, where I kind of just I, I went to school. I had a great time there, and also lived in the dorm and 
ended up going to work for KTKT, um, a local radio station there. And at night, I would do the uh, sporting, the sporting scores, the okay. sports scores. I would do that. And, and that kind of came by accident because the guy who used to be doing the nighttime radio show, I ended up developing a rapport with him because I used to live in this place called Pinal Hall. And okay. it was in the football stadium. And I'd call him up. And, you know, I'd just be one of those guys who'd like to call up sports talk radio and just talk with the host. Sure. Well, ended up being, ended up being a, kind of a, a joke after a while because I would always call up. And he, instead of saying Pinal Hall, he would go, Pen, uh, the penal colonies calling. <laughs> we ended up having a very good conversation over that. And the next thing you know, he's like, hey, you want to come on down and do the sports course? I'm like, yeah, that'd be no problem. So I ended up going down there and doing that. And it was kind of like an internship unpaid. But I had a blast doing that. And uh, took uh, after I graduated from the U, U of A, I ended up taking a year off. I was thinking about going to law school, but my grades weren't great. I think I had more, more fun at school than really concentrating on getting the great grades. And uh, my LSAT scores were, weren't good enough to get me in. But I worked a year at the mine up in Seminole. Came back down to Tucson where uh, my then girlfriend, now my wife, uh, was living. We decided a bunch of her friends and I would all get together. It was kind of like a three's company type of thing. Okay. But I wasn't really like the Jack Tripper type <laughs> and, and ended up uh, teaching and being a teacher's assistant at a local high school and ended up getting an internship. I went back to the U of A and just concentrated on some media stuff because I figured, you know what? I, I really enjoy this. I might as well try it. Sure. So I ended up getting a, an internship at a local station down in Tucson called uh, K-Gun, the politically incorrect cult letters, I might add, at times. <laughs> <laughs> and um, ended up working under this guy named Dave Silver. And I tell you, he taught me everything I needed to know in the business. Very good guy. Uh, one of the best sportscasters I've ever seen. Um, ended up picking up the camera, learning the camera, learning how to report, learning how to anchor. And next thing you know, in 1990, I got a call saying, hey, listen, would you like to join our sports staff and, and you know, join on as a photographer? And I'm like, yeah, it's my foot in the door. And from then on, grew up to uh, be a reporter and while well, I was shooting my own stuff and then also being a, an anchor before I left. And it, it was a good time. It, it was a good time for, for a while when, when the company was, um, you know, they, they treated news there a little bit more. I would say generous than what it is today. Okay. But uh, then I got a, got a position here at Pinal County, which paid a lot more than what the TV station did. And it was more of helping people. And I think I, I really enjoy that part of it is that I'm the public information officer. I get to help people. I get, you know, I can do anything from like right now we're writing a press release because of the flu cases here in the County. Okay. I'm allowing people to know what, you know, what, how does, you know, get their flu shot, how to, you know, stop getting the flu. But also, you know, another press release today we did was on a guy who, a county employee who turned in a wallet from a guy from Canada, had all the money and credit cards in it. But we did a press release on it because, you know, the guy could have taken the wallet, taken the money and the credit cards and just tossed it. But this sure. guy ended up, you know, tracking this guy down all the way in Canada. Wow. And, you know, said, hey, listen, I'll send you the wallet and everything. And the guy goes, no, nah, don't worry, I'll be down, down in the county here soon enough. So... They ended up uh, meeting up and getting the wallet back. So, I mean, there's everything here. It's different one day to the next. And I really enjoy that. It isn't monotony. Believe me. No, that's that's really cool, man. And and I think 
just kind of selfishly, you know, you've been in the business a, a long time and, and I love the idea of just talking to somebody like yourself that's kind of been there and kind of still doing it. And, and you're also kind of a, a public announcer for, for the Arizona hockey team. How did that kind of come about? Well, after I left the station, I, I, the one thing I really liked covering was hockey. I, I picked it up. I learned it and ended up really enjoying it. And the coach and I developed a rapport. And after I left the station, he called me up and said, hey, listen, I need somebody to fill in for a couple of games. Okay. So I filled in for a couple of games. The next thing you know, they're like, a couple of games became a whole, a whole season. And I thought that was going to be it. And, okay, it was fun to be able to go to the games and watch the games again. And then suddenly they're like, hey, listen, we want to keep you around. We want you to do this. So next thing you know, and it's been, I'm going on my 18th year doing this. Wow. That's great. So Yeah. No, keep yeah, going. Sorry. It, it, it is fun. Oh, it, it is fun. You get to know the players. And where we sit, I'm placed right between the penalty boxes. And right. I tell you, some of the stuff that goes on between the penalty boxes, is just hilarious. Sometimes I have to stop the announcements because these guys are yelling stuff to each other that is just amazing. And it's, it's hilarious because now my wife has joined in on the fun. She's now our timekeeper, and we have our timekeeper down there with us as well. So anytime she comes down there, it's like those guys will not, you know, they won't care if there's a woman in the box. They will say anything, and it is hilarious. No, I, I think that's, that's really cool. And, like, um... I actually live in, up in Canada, and so, like, at, lots of Canadians uh, kind of spend the winters down in Arizona or, or that kind of yeah. area, right? So I'm not really surprised about oh, kind yeah. of the, the wallet story. And, and obviously, like, I grew up kind of playing hockey as a, as a child, like I think most Canadian boys do. Um, so it's kind of funny. And girls, I should say. There's a lot of girls that play now, too. Um, yeah. But mm -hmm. So, like, it's, it's actually really cool that you kind of get to do that, right? And I, I think... That would be a lot of fun. So I, I'm kind of curious, though, to cover, like you kind of quickly covered your kind of day-to-day job at the county, but I want to dive a little mm -hmm. bit deeper into kind of what you guys kind of do and put out there. You, you mentioned a couple of things, but I want to spend a little bit more time on that. Um, a lot of it is you know, your typical run-of-the-mill run press releases about what's happening inside the county. Okay. Um, like I said, we did today, we did the flu. Um, tomorrow, I actually, one of our um, area supervisors collected 27,000 diapers for a diaper drive. Oh, wow. And that, yeah. And, you know, again, like I say, it's different every day. And also, we have a small uh, TV station we do videos for. Okay. And we're right in the middle of, of changing some of the software right now, but we're going to be getting that rolling here probably when I get back from doing the MEAs. We'll right. probably get that going full board, but we do a lot of videos. And the thing is, is I try to make it informational for people. And that's the one thing I, I look at a lot of government operations, and it seems to be very dry. Right. Very straightforward, very run of the mill. I try to do, you know, try to make it a little more, show people that these people are just like you and me. They're, they just happen to have a job where they got elected by over 50% of the population. Sure. And also, I try to try to show people, you know, exactly what kind of uh, services the county offers without, again, trying to be dry about it. I try try to inject at least a little bit of humor. And I know sometimes my humor doesn't register with some people. But, you know, I try to make it just a little different than usual. And that's one thing I think has resonated with a lot of people. It's like, 
I'm not the, the tie wearing stuffy coat type of guy. I'm the guy who will go out there with, with, you know, our public works guys and I will go out there and, you know, work with them as they're building roads and I'll, I'll get right in the dirt. I, I enjoy that. I enjoy telling those stories and that's, what's so fun about it. And every morning when I come in, I send out an email uh, to all the County employees. And what I do is I, I do like a, um, a news kind of like a, a aggregate of all the news stories that's going on in the County. And I do a few there from the state, few from the nation. And then I have a section that's called really. And I go to this site called farp.com. Okay. And I tell you, they come up with, with the most hilarious news stories you'll ever find. <laughs> I mean, you know, got, you know, a, a guy riding a bike who ends up, you know, falling in a manhole, but then it ends up being a kind of hilarious story in the whole thing. I mean, I put those stories in there. I put two or three stories in there and people end up liking those. It's kind of like the comics. Sure. The first thing people either go to in the newspaper is either the comics or the sports section. So there you go. No, yeah, that's, that's actually really interesting. Yeah. Cause you're right. Like sometimes kind of just day to day kind of news isn't it, like trying to make it kind of interesting and entertaining. It, it can be a real challenge. Yeah. And especially out here, um, in our county, I mean, we have a gorgeous county out here. I mean, yeah, you can sit there and say, yeah, we're between Tucson and Phoenix. But the thing is, is that we have a lot of beauty here in the county. And one of the things that, about this county is, is that it really has three distinct different areas. We have the western side, which is a lot of agriculture, a lot of uh, uh, desert. And then we have the northern area, which has the superstition mountains. I don't know if uh, some people have been up there, but it's absolutely gorgeous. Okay. Then we have the eastern side of the county, and the eastern side is where I grew up. And it was a lot of mining, and then the mining companies all closed during uh, the early 2000s. Okay. Uh, copper prices took a dive, and a lot of them closed. But I, up there is absolutely gorgeous as well. I mean, it's high desert. Uh, you, you can, you know, an hour away, you can go up into the mountains. But one part of that, with the, with the mines closing up there, you have a population that is really hard to reach because – there isn't the state-of-the-art things that we take for granted, state-of-the-art um, internet, uh, even cable TV service up there is hard to find. So a lot of people are on direct TV. So basically our channel wouldn't be able to reach them. Okay. So it, it, it is a challenge. Each, each time you, you, know, you want to give people the information that they need to know, but it is at times challenging on how to reach them and what is the right way to reach them and what is the way that they'll they will pay attention and we've gone to social media quite a bit and okay. that seems to work in many areas of the county yeah it's interesting that you're kind of adopting uh current technology to just reach more people right and that's kind of um one of the things that i really wanted to kind of get your thoughts on um you know in this kind of interview is is kind of your thoughts on the industry right now because you you came kind of from the industry from kind of all sides of things right like you've done FM, you've done TV, you know, you're, you're doing kind of social stuff now and online stuff. Like, how do you see the state of kind of the industry right now? Because you kind of read online sometimes that it's all doom and gloom and there's cord cutters and everything's going online. And, and then, you know, you also read where, you know, FM or especially talk FM is kind of um, still kind of in some ways growing, right? And, and everything's kind of fine and people are just figuring out how to put the same content on a bunch of different platforms. But like, how do you see the industry as a whole right now? The industry as a whole, honestly, it is 
it is confusing. It really okay. is to me. And, and the reason why it's not that I can't figure it out, but it's just, there are so many different platforms where you can reach people. It's like, what is the best one? So I'm going to have to be on Snapchat. I'm going to have to be on Twitter. Yeah. I'm going to have to be on Instagram and I'm going to have to be on Facebook. So the, the confusing part is, is which one, you know, how do I tailor my message and how do I tailor the news that we have to fit into that social media strata? And some people have, have gotten it figured out, but when you have an area like ours here where, you know, you have a lot of areas that have that good internet access and you have areas that don't. So you have to kind of judge, okay, well, you know, I can send out the press release, which I, which I do through constant contact. I send out press releases there and it gives you the option of sending them through um, Facebook and Twitter. So I do a lot of that. And then on Snapchat, sometimes I will get on there and just say, Hey, how's it going? This is what's going on at the County today. I will do that. And Instagram, I will take pictures and, and kind of show what's going on inside the County as well. But again, I'm always trying to figure out what is going to be next. What's, what's going to be the next thing out there where we can reach people. And, you know, we're talking about cord cutters. I can tell you right now, that is the best thing for, for somebody like me when we have internet access like that and people can reach the news that they want through the, the platform that they want. Um, one of these days I would like to be able to concentrate enough to be able to get our channel up on Roku, on Apple TV, and be able to do that, do that 24-7. I know a lot of uh, areas, a lot of municipalities do that. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know, trying to keep on the latest trends. And out here, you know, basically between two major media markets, you're fighting for coverage. And also you're trying to figure out, okay, what exactly are people going to pay attention to? And that's why it, it, sometimes it's, it is confusing. No, that's that's fair. And I, I think the thing too, and you, you kind of alluded to it, is like publishing certain types of content to certain networks are is can be quite challenging because you need to figure out kind of like how to fit certain content into certain platforms, but then also try to get out the message of kind of what you need people to know, right? In that platform's kind of format, which can be qu quite challenging some days. And I'll tell you the best, one of the best things I did was I went to um, one of our local supervisors has a youth advisory commission and okay. we had a day long seminar with them on, on county government. Okay. So I sat down with this group and I said, you know, how do you guys get your news? And I can tell you right now, the young people right now are not using Facebook. They are using Snapchat. They are using Instagram. Sure. And some of them are using Twitter. It just kind of decided, you know, kind of, like where, where it's going for them. Whereas the older people, they're using Facebook and they're using Twitter. Sure. So it's very interesting. And, and I really value um, the, the youth op opinion about that. And that's why I'm going out and I'm, I'm actively looking right now for an intern, because I think an intern that could come in from the college level, you know, not only could we help them get some experience in this field, but also I would benefit greatly from their side of things and seeing you know, where these people are, you know, these people growing up now, they're going to be our taxpayers coming up in the next, you know, five to 10 years. Sure. And I want to be able to reach them. So I, you know, I figured this would give me a good start on understanding more on where the, where the people are getting their messages from. Sure. And, I, and I, you know, again, I keep going. Sorry. Okay. 
Yeah, and it, you know, I, I think honestly, television broadcast journalism, while still important, I, you know, I keep on seeing uh, things through like um, media, media week and media bistro, and also through um, FTV live, and you're starting to see that people aren't tuning them in, and that to me, you know, being from the field, I honestly kind of saw when I was leaving that, you know, people are going to be getting their information from elsewhere when the internet was starting up and back in 2000, when it just started up a little bit, I started thinking, you know, people are going to be able to get their news when they want it, where they want it. And being on the air from five o'clock to six o'clock isn't going to cut it for a lot of people. Sure. I, I think like, it, like I'm 34, so I'm like just a millennial. And I, I think the thing that's interesting for me is like it's a struggle finding being at the same spot in like say in front of a TV between five to six every night of the week if I want to catch the news, right? And I think a lot of people are in that boat kind of potentially at all age ranges, right? Like I think now people are – I don't know if we're necessarily a lot busier. We make ourselves maybe a lot busier, but I check the news kind of – you know, through a bunch of kind of different apps throughout the day, right? And so kind of at this point, sitting through kind of local news at the end of the day just kind of doesn't really make sense, I think, for a lot of people, right? Is some people are just watching or constantly checking it throughout the day or they're getting notifications from their apps or whatnot. And so it could be a real challenge for for stations, that, you know, to run kind of a, an hour-long news program and people have been getting the news throughout the day. Exactly. By the time it gets on TV, it's already, you know, it's our, sometimes, it's, you know, if it isn't breaking news, it's eight, nine, ten years old. I mean, or ten day, um, hours old. I'm sure. sorry about that. Yeah, I yeah, know. Uh, <laughs> could be ten years old for all I know. But, uh, sure. Yeah, I'm 55 years old. Okay. And, you know, when I grew up, there was no Internet. I mean, I'm going to sound like one of those guys who yells, get off my lawn, but... <laughs> we uh, had no, we didn't have internet. When I was up in Salmon Well, we had two TV stations. Okay. That was all we could reach. It was an ABC station and the NBC station out of Tucson. That's all we could get. Right. And, we, and believe it or not, is that the best radio came out of Phoenix when we would be able to listen to uh, baseball games. The LA Dodger games used to be out of Phoenix. Oh, we used to listen to them out of Phoenix. And that's how I got to know Vince Scully so well. I mean, I loved Vince Scully. And I, I, anybody who doesn't like Vince Scully. I'm just trying to figure out why they wouldn't like the guy, but I can tell you, you know, it's grown so much. There's just so much thrown at people. And again, as a public information officer, it's like, how do you cut through all that noise? How do you cut through this, that, and the other thing without sounding like clickbait? I mean, I want people to click on our story. I want people to sit there and say, okay, okay, I need a flu shot. Where do I go? But again, we're cutting through the other noise of, you know, people posting on, you know, Facebook, posting pictures of their dogs and stuff like that. So, you know, some people, when they complain, they don't get the news. I tell them, you're not looking hard enough. Yeah, you really aren't. Yeah, you bring it, up... A... It is really... No, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you bring up an interesting point with the clickbait stuff, right? Because literally, like, unless you write a headline, like... If you don't get a flu shot right now, you're going to die. And then they, you click it in the first sentence is just kidding. We wanted you to click here. Like, it's exactly. really difficult. 
Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you about our flu, our flu headline today. It's influenza continues to cause widespread illness in Pinal County. Okay. Doesn't sound sexy, but it kind of boils down the whole press release into a, a title. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether people will click on that or not, you know, I could put, you know, so far we've had eight deaths in the county. I could really, like, you know, sex it up a bit and say, you know, eight deaths, you know, in Pinal County because of flu. But I really don't want to incite a panic. Yeah, and that's one thing you have to kind of balance yourself with. I mean, when we had, um, oh gosh, uh, another we had another flu epidemic a while back, and again we had people lining up outside the door, you know, outside the doors of our health clinics for flu shots. Okay, and again, you know, you want to mention that, hey, listen, this is serious enough that it's killing people, but at the same time, you you don't want to start a widespread panic. And again, that's another balance you have to have in this job is. You want people to pay attention, but you don't want you don't want to cross the line. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I, but I also think, like to your point a few minutes ago about hiring kind of a younger intern, they could potentially write some of that content for the mediums that they use themselves, right? So if you have kind of the people in that age demographic writing content for the mediums that their age demographic actually uses. That could be probably really useful for you guys. Right. And I think I think we can learn from that. I think a lot of people can learn from that. And that's why I really want to get somebody, um, you know, out of that younger demographic coming in here and, you know, looking at us at a different they will they will see a different side of what we're doing. And I would I honestly I'm more open to the idea of saying, hey, teach me what you know. I'll okay. teach you what I know, but teach me what you know about this. Because, again, social media changes so fast. I mean, at one time we were at MySpace, yep, and suddenly Facebook days. takes over. Then we have Twitter. Now we have Snapchat. Next, next thing you know, you know, we have Instagram. I mean, it, it's just what is, the next, what is the next format? And I think a young person, honestly, who is in communicating with their peers understands where it's going. And that's what I really want to see where, where it does go. Sure. But I also think somebody like yourself having that attitude is kind of rare, right? Like I think a lot of people, younger people think that, you know, non-millennials or, or younger aren't listening to them, right? Or actually taking into account kind of what you just said. So I'm, I'm kind of curious, was there, were you always kind of, that open-minded or was there kind of a turning point for you where you realized that you needed to bring in somebody younger to handle that stuff? Like, or how did you kind of come to that thinking? Actually that came out, I would say when I, when I was in TV, I knew one way of doing things Mm -hmm. and I know that it's a lot different today. And I stood by that one way of doing thing. In fact, I still do it today on my channel. I mean, there's a certain way of shooting something. There's a certain way of interviewing somebody and there's a certain way of presenting that information. Okay. I won't, I won't deviate from that because that's the way I learned it. And that's the way I think it's, it's the right way of presenting our information. Um, I look at some of the TV today and I'm just, it, it boggles my mind what some, some things that they put on the air and how things are shot, how things are edited it just, to me, it's like, wow, it's night and day from what I, what I used to have. We had, you know, non, I mean, now they have nonlinear editing. They have, you know, all sorts of things on the computer that they can do, which I have here. 
but I'm not going to try to sex it up so much that, you know, it, it kind of loses the message by, you know, showing everything flashy here, flashy there. I want to keep people's attention, but I need to get that information out. And I want to make sure that message is out there. But with a young person coming in, I, I mean, I think the only thing that really kind of kind of woke me up to that was the fact that we had a couple of meetings here where people said, well, I didn't know that was going on. I didn't know that was going on. And I'm going to releases. I'm getting it out in the paper. But they're like, I don't read the paper. Yeah, sure. I don't get the paper. And, and again, newspapers are, you know, they're, they're experiencing a downturn right now, especially in um, circulation, hard circulation of their papers. I mean, I'm, I don't know what the numbers are, but I'm, I'm sure they're not awesome no. in a, any way, shape, or form. So what I'm thinking is that, you know, I, I think that opened up my eyes going, God, there's got to be a better way to reach these people than what I'm doing. And that's when I, that's when I thought, you know what, I've got to get somebody young in here, somebody that understands some of these platforms that can teach me a thing or two, but I want to give them something back in return. No, I, I think that's great, man. I, I, yeah, it's it's interesting. You're right because like the little bit or the couple years that I've been kind of in the space too, it's interesting just kind of what different people see is like good or bad, right? Like you have some people like, oh, you can't do it that way. And other people are like, you should only do it that way. And like I think the best example for me anyway is – when when the show started kind of airing on FM, people were like, podcasting the future. Like, why would you care about FM? And I was like, I don't, it's not that I have anything against any medium. I just want to be on all the mediums that are currently airing content today. If tomorrow something changes and one goes away or new ones come around, I'm going to figure out how to air on that. But so I, I think for me, I guess, it, just trying to be open about that and trying to get that kind of through to other people about being open to kind of bringing in older or younger or, or people around your same age to kind of get their opinion or from kind of different, you know, backgrounds and different parts of the world, I, I think can only be beneficial to channel. And I think somebody like you guys that are obviously like smaller have the ability to easily adapt and, and change things and, and kind of accept the fact that you need to be on a new platform, then kind of a huge, big media company, you know, with like thousands of employees. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I would say that. Uh, I think that a lot of people with the big media companies, they look at, they look at one thing, return on investment. Mm -hmm. Okay. If they're not going to, if they don't get on the internet and, I mean, a lot of people are really, I mean, it really is interesting that newspapers really slow to this trend. Yeah. A lot of them weren't on the internet. were not putting their stories on the internet, you know, until, you know, they started seeing their circulation dropping and they started realizing, Hey, you know, we're missing the boat here. And I mean, the LA times has a great website. I, I enjoy um, sometimes getting some of my national stories from there. Okay. Uh, the Washington post, New York times, of course, and also, also a lot of the big national uh, media, like, um, you know, MSNBC, CNN, uh, places like that. Even the Huffington post has a great site as well. And you just, there's so much information on there that you can get. Um, I think they've been slow to, to change and i think that they're paying for it 
But also, too, I think that TV stations, I, I can remember early on that a lot of TV stations did start putting video on there. And when you had low bandwidth, it was kind of hard to get everything. Yeah. But now a lot of them are, are, are tending to see now that, hey, listen, you know, Joe Viewer ain't gonna, is not going to be, you know, watching us from five to six. So they're going to get the stories that they want. And I think still they're trying to figure out how do we make money off of this? And I think a lot of newspapers are still trying to figure out how do we make money off of this? A, I think a lot of people are not seeing that there is a good chance for a return on investment. It's just how do we do it? Yeah, that's, that's fair. I, I think that's a challenge with kind of anything online because people have this expectation that if it's on the internet, it's free. And it's like, well... Exactly. Right? And I don't know how that kind of came to be. Right. In, in a lot of cases, like I get early on, people were just posting stuff online. But, you know, it, it's it's such a weird kind of thing. Right. The Internet doesn't really play by traditional rules kind of in any sense of the word traditional rules. And that's always kind of fascinated with me because like my day job, I work at a, a startup. So I've kind of been in the space for, for a number of years now. And it, it's always kind of interesting to kind of push those boundaries a little bit. But you know, at the end of the day, like people need to get paid for, for what they're doing and putting out there, especially when they're doing stuff kind of live or daily, like it takes a lot of work. And I think people don't really realize that. Right. There, there is, there's a lot of investment in that. Um, I'll tell you something and it's kind of interesting here that it, it almost mirrors what we're talking about in the, uh, the town that I grew up in, Salmon Well. Yeah. A lot of things were free in okay. that town. Believe it or not, you didn't have to pay for your street lights. You didn't have to pay for your road paving. You didn't have to pay for anything. Basically, um, the, the copper company took care of everything. I mean, oh, the baseball uh, fields were all lit. The schools all had their lights paid by from the copper company. They wanted their employees to be happy. Interesting. And now since the copper company's pulled out, People are now realizing, oh, my God, I've got to pay for sewer. Oh, my God, I've got to pay for lights. Oh, my God. You know, and it's really interesting. It's kind of mirroring, mirroring what's going on on the wild, wild west of the Internet. Because, again, everything was free at one time. And now suddenly it's like, well, oh, I've got to pay for that. I've got to pay for this. And net neutrality. Yeah. I think if that, that goes away completely. I think people are going to be stunned at what they're going to have to pay for. Yeah, I I hundred percent agree with you. It, it's it's an interesting issue, and we're we're kind of actually at a really fascinating time, right? Because you have so many kind of like old media, new media, and kind of like almost like future media with like VR and AR that kind of moves back into the the physical space and kind of puts digital elements in it. Like I think we're at kind of a a really interesting kind of time, and how you kind of monetize all that stuff right and i think it's kind of like the beginning of the industrial revolution people sure. didn't realize you know what was going on but they knew that they were working at at the same time i think that's that's what's going to happen here i think right now we're setting all of us right now we're setting the standard for what's going to happen for the next hundred years even though that that technology is changing we're setting the bedrock platform right now for everything that's going to happen in the next hundred years. 
I think we're going to show them that innovation is the best way to go. I think we're going to show everybody that, you know, we need to, to keep the lines of communication open. We need to keep people thinking about what can be better. We got to make sure that people understand that, you know, by educating themselves, by learning more about this technology, that you'll become more effective, not only in your own personal life, but in your work life as well and in other people's lives. And I think that's what's going to be set up here. And I think it's going to be very important that us as consumers, us as users, that we set that example up and we get it set now. Sure. But but then how do you, as somebody that's kind of doing stuff on kind of free channels like, you know, Twitter and Snapchat and, and Facebook and Instagram and stuff, but like, how do you guys kind of justify spending that time? Because you're not really monetizing that. Is that, is that fair to say? Like you're not making many money by posting to any of those channels. Right. And, you, and you're right about that, Kevin. And that's the thing about government. I mean, we're not supposed to make money. Yeah, we're a nonprofit. But again, you know, I guess through the media now, I mean, my payoff basically for everybody is, is if they are informed. Okay. If they understand what we're doing, if, you know, that's my payoff. If I get that, I am happy as a clam to keep on working that. Gotcha. But if I find out I'm not getting the return on investment that I'm putting into, you know, making sure that this gets on so many different platforms, then I'm going to dump it. There, I mean, it just isn't worth my time. I've got, you know, I come in at eight, I leave at five. Okay. And, you know, I, I don't want to spend any more time than, than necessary on making sure that, you know, we reach as many people as we can. No, I, I think that's really good advice, right? Because I think a lot of people struggle sometimes with that. Like if a channel's not working, they just keep putting content on that when it's just kind of a waste of time, right? And like, even just in my own experience, you're like, sometimes you post this content to this platform and if you get no return, but you post a different type of content on the same platform, you get tons of return, you're going to keep doing that, right? But I think some people think that they need to be on kind of every platform. And in some cases you do, but other cases, you know, if Instagram works for you and it drives tons of traffic, but like say Facebook doesn't, stop doing Facebook, right? Right, exactly. But again, I, I think it goes to what kind of op audience that mm -hmm. the person wants to reach. And, and with me, I, I really don't have a choice. I yeah. have to reach everyone that I can. Sure. And that's the one thing about, about this job and, that keeps it challenging is exactly, you know, in the future, what am I going to be using? Yeah. Again, I, I think it's fascinating. I think, I think it's very important. By the time I retire here, you know, where am I going to be? Where, you know... How am I going to be reaching out to people? Would I love to have a radio station? I think radio is always going to be relevant. I sure. honestly do. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think FM radio, AM radio is going to keep on being relevant for at least the next 50 years. Sure. Uh, but as for, you know, will I be on Facebook in the next 10 years? Probably not. Will I be on Twitter in the next 10 years? It depends sure. on what goes on. But, but I know that, you know, Facebook... From what I hear, it's not dying out, but it's slowing down a bit. I mean, there was such a rush of people going on Facebook, and now it seems to have peaked. Yeah. I and agree. does it go down? I don't know. Sure. I mean, I would love to have a. I would love to have my own app. 
to be honest with you. I'd love to have an app for the county where people could pull up my press releases, who could pull up video, sure. you know, or, or even look up phone numbers. Let's say if they need, you know, if they need to reach animal care and control, mm-hmm. they'll have that number right then and there. They could hit that button and call them. Right. So that, you know, maybe that's one way I can, I can maybe tap the experience of the, um, the youth that, you know, I want to see come into this office and I want them to learn, but I want, again, I want them to look at things in a different light. I want to see exactly, okay, where are we going to go with this? How are we going to reach these people? And is there an app out there? Can you develop an app that, you know, we can, that we can honestly use that we can reach even more people Interesting. because we've had 400,000 people in this County right now. Mm-hmm. We have several different companies coming in and it's just a matter of, you know, you know, there's got to be a better way to reach out to people. I mean, maybe maybe I'm doing the best I can right now, but I think that learning more about it and trying to shrink the size of the county through, you know, reaching out to them through social media and other other options is the way to go. If it isn't, then I'm in the wrong business. No, no, it's interesting, right? I, I, I love that, the thought about kind of just staying or trying to stay as relevant as possible and reach the most amount of people I, I think is great, right? But we're kind of coming to the end of the show, and I really want to kind of cover your involvement with kind of the Media Excellence Awards. You kind of have an interesting story of how you kind of got um, kind of started and how you became kind of an announcer and you're going to co-host the the awards this year. But can you walk us through kind of a little bit of that journey? Uh, Basically, I am the uh, Sarah Miller who owns Access Communications. Actually, I am the godfather of one of her nephews. Okay, very cool. And I, I've, no, I've known the family for over 30 years. And I know her sister, Debbie, I, I, and my, um, my wife and Debbie were sorority sisters. And I got to know these people very well, and, I, and they're, they're like family with me. I mean, they're like the family, an extended family that I, I really love. Sure. And at one time, Sarah needed a voice of God, and I kind of bugged her in a way saying, Hey, you know, anytime you got this thing going on, you know, maybe I can come over and do this. So one, a couple years ago when they held it at YouTube, she said, Hey, I need a voice of God. Can you come over and do this? So I took her nephews out there with me and they, they also play a big role in that. They, um, Benjamin does the uh, PowerPoint presentations for the award winners. And Carl is basically kind of like the all around guy who does everything. Very cool. And I ended up being the voice of God. And then the last couple of MEAs, I wasn't involved in much because it took a different turn. But then uh, this year she called me up and said, hey, listen, would you be the voice of God again? I'm like, yeah, that'd be no problem. And so things kind of changed. And then next thing you know, I'm co-hosting with uh, Marissa Morgan. And it's, you know, I'm excited. I am, a, I am very excited to see how this goes because I'm the type of guy with, my, with the hockey announcing and everything, I can talk in front of 5,000 people, no problem. I can get out in the ice, and I can, you know, they have a little contest in the in- intermissions. I get in front of those people. I don't have a problem. Sure. I get one-on-one with somebody, that's where the problem begins. Really? Interesting. Yeah, I mean, Interesting. One of, yeah, I mean, one-on-one communication sometimes with me is just, it's one of those things where I want to make sure I say something that's right. When I get in front of 5,000 people, I don't care if it's right. I just want to get out what's going on. And it's, it's amazing. Some things that, you know, people go through. I mean, there's people who, who are comfortable talking one-on-one, mm-hmm. and, but get in front of a crowd, and they're just, like, lost. 
I'm completely the opposite. Interesting. No, I, I think that's great, Joe. And like, I'm going to actually be at the Media Awards myself. And so we'll get to meet in person. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited oh, to have like, or just to have the opportunity to kind of have a bunch of you guys that are involved in this on the show and then meet a bunch of you guys in person. And, you know, it, it's been pretty cool. Um, just all the different kind of personalities and the, the different uh, paths that kind of people have taken, but are all kind of coming together you know, for the media awards on, on, uh, the 18th and it's pretty cool, man. But, uh, yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah. But Joe, I, I really appreciate you kind of taking the time out of your day to be on the show and maybe let's close with mentioning where people can get more information about yourself and, uh, the County and, uh, anything else you want to mention? Yeah, if they want to uh, get on our county, we always enjoy uh, people who follow our press releases. But if they want to get on the county's website, and I don't have a personal one yet, sure. maybe that's because, you know, I'm 55 years old and <laughs> one of those guys who yells, get off my lawn. But uh, at, at the county, uh, we're located at Pinal County, P-I-N-A-L, county, A-Z dot gov. And they can go right there and, and see our website. Uh, we're going to be redoing our website sometime soon. We, we did a rebranding, which okay. was very interesting, rebranding the county. And we're going to be updating our website here soon. But it's, it's very good to, to see. It will be interesting to see how many people do visit and how many, you know, maybe they'll sign up for our press releases. Who knows? Sure, sure. Yeah, and then um, people can go to MediaTheLetterXAwards.com to get more information about that on January 18th. And, uh, Joe, well, thanks again for doing this, and I look forward to uh, meeting up with you, and have a good rest of your day. You do too, Kevin. Thank you very much for the time. I do appreciate it. All right, thanks, man. We'll talk soon. Okay, bye. Okay, you got it. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. Also check us out on Facebook at Building the Future Show and follow us on Twitter at Building Show. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.